there. How are you, Corey? Oh, I'm doing okay, Rachel. You know what, Brad? I think that we, on this episode, you know what? I'm vibing real hard. What? 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 Like the Twin Peaks music. Just uh, a little, little. So down with that. Okay. Yeah. That seems like the right vibe to lead us into this episode. Just a little mysterious, wonderful, beautiful. And I know Corey, that made Corey happy too. Oh, that's just a, it's just a delight. Um, a little off kilter, a little surreal. Things are so damn weird. We might as well just Why have not? Angelo Badalamenti playing as every single thing every day happens. Yeah. You know what? If we make it to 300, I say we we have a celebration with some like pie, some cherry pie, and some of that music. And some damn fine coffee. Yeah, something to look forward to. Anyway, uh, we're not here today just to talk about cherry pie uh, and Twin Peaks, but that music will certainly soothe us into the podcast. But let's get going. I'm Rachel Morgan. I'm the creative director for this organization called the Sidewalk Cinema and the Sidewalk Film Festival. And I'm Corey Kraft. I'm a programmer with all of those things that Rachel just mentioned. We both like movies a lot. We do, for better and for worse. Yeah, let's go talk about them. What's this shit? All right. That was an old traditional one. That's a good one. That's a good one. But I'm, I got to limber up. Ah. I don't know if you're going to get this one, dude. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Okay. okay, throw it at me. So this is the very beginning of the ba, film. Ba, ba, I'm going to go ahead and let you know. Very, very, beginning. very gotcha. beginning of the film. Okay. And I am in disbelief. I am jaw dropped because I had no idea this thing opens this way and I'll tell you how I come across this okay I have a new TV uh, Best Buy came and mounted it on my wall and I was about two seconds from um, using a bunch of airtime on the podcast to tell people not to shop at Best Buy but actually they've they've made good okay okay I'll just jump to the cut to the chase that's good so we can now welcome them as a sponsor um, but uh, I was about to burn that bridge but I didn't um, they, they fixed it so anyway, as I'm scrolling through, I'm like, I need something just to throw on. Mm-hmm. And so I just throw this on the screen. It was just very, I'm not going to tell you what streaming service, but very quickly I landed on something. Okay. And it's a bunch of sort of pretty city ladies walking around in what looks like New York. Uh-huh. And they're, it looks very dated and they're kind of walking, looking sophisticated and attractive. And in the background is playing, come my lady, come, come my lady, you're my butterfly, <laughs> shut up, baby. And I'm like, I can't believe this film is opening this way. This is absolutely nuts. Well, it puts it in a, in a very specific time it and does. place. And there's a, there's a really obnoxious, very offensive, misogynistic voiceover happening. Why is it miso- Why is voice? How is voiceover misogynistic? Because of, of the words it's damn saying. Oh, okay, all right. I, I thought you meant like the tone of this man's yeah, voice. Yeah, it, it, like, it was. It that too. Okay. But it was like I know women and women. I've dated women, and they didn't come, my lady. Come, come, my lady. And I was like, this is grossing me out. Cut to a scene of a much older man with uh-huh. a much younger woman uh-huh. driving down a sort of scenic country road, and they are clearly dating. Hmm. That becomes obvious pretty quickly. So by the voice that you just did, and mm-hmm. I don't know if this was a deliberate impression, but you sounded vaguely McConaughey-ish. Is this older it's man not, I wish this was. I wish this was McConaughey. Damn. Somehow I feel okay. like McConaughey could actually get away with this. Yeah. But he's, this, he's this, is, this is not. Okay. So these two individuals, you don't know what it is yet, no? No. These two individuals, way, way older, much, much younger, dating, are going to see this. We're going to visit this woman's mother. Okay. And the older gentleman with the top down, clearly fairly wealthy, goes on about how, you know, I didn't realize your mom was rich. And she's like, I didn't know my my mom's not rich. He's like, if your mom lives within, you know, 10 miles of where we are right now, she's definitely rich. They go to the house, they go in, and they meet the mother. And, of course, the mom is really off put by the fact that the gentleman that that her daughter is with is her age. Yeah. This sounds familiar. Yeah. Um, is this older gentleman Jack Nicholson? It absolutely is. So this is something's got to give. It is something's got to give. Yeah. You got it. Ding, ding, ding. And I wasn't being too directed. I was no. about. 
It, I, you would have gotten it the minute I said the old, the woman it's was Diane, Diane Keaton. Keaton. Yeah, I would have gotten it then. I haven't seen this movie in a while. This thing is... I had no idea this thing was as bad as it is. Well... I, I am losing my mind over this thing. It is so ridiculous. And I mean, what I here's, here's, here's what I've discovered. Uh-huh. I just kind of want to do a super cut of just things like... Jack Nicholson laying in a bed with a thermometer in his mouth, typing on a keyboard with this look on his face like, <laughs> everything about that guy is so Sam Sleazy as he's gotten to be this particular age. Yeah. It's just so, I mean, it, everything reminds me, remember that one night after the Oscars when he approached Jennifer Lawrence at a table and was uh, like, yeah, congratulations, and no. was like looking down her shirt and stuff? What? I'm going to find that clip for you. Okay. Every, that is basically every role Jack Nicholson plays is just that. It's just the leering man that we all go, um, oh, but it's Jack Nicholson, so we let him do that. We just we let him loose in a room and he... Are we building toward a Jack Nicholson fight? No, I'm not. I would never because okay. he's incredibly talented. I'm not saying that's why we hire him. I just think we've let him go wild. I think we've let him in the wild and we let him do whatever he wants and we well, somehow we take just enjoyment in it. We did from like the Witches of Eastwick <laughs> Till his retirement, but I think he's settled into retirement and just kind of like chills and does know. old man stuff wherever he is now. If old man stuff is leering over young woman's shoulders and being like, <laughs> then I think we've, yeah. You're yeah, right. but like, you know, Jack Nicholson looks like he's leering when he's just, you know, chilling and being a normal yeah, guy. Just, it's enough. just how his face looks. But it is funny because that is one of the rare people who's just the ten, the, the tone of his voice indeed could come across as misogynistic. I mean, it really does. So it does, it does work. Um, you know, uh, Diane Keaton, an Oscar nominee for this movie, Best Actress. She lost. For wh- wait, for what? For Best Actress. For, for Something's Gotta Give. You're kidding me right now. I had no idea. And she was the front runner until a little movie called Monster premiered, and everybody saw that and was like, oh, oh wait, no, these are all, These are both in the same universe. Char- Charlize Theron uh, <laughs> should should win that Oscar instead of Diane Keaton. Um, yeah, the Oscars used to be real weird when that they would nominate really, something like Something's Gotta I, Give. Everybody should go just take a few minutes into this thing. Let me also add that there's a very, uh, a very seductive Keanu Reeves who enters the picture. Yeah, hell yeah, there is. He is hot as hell. And, and he is, isn't Francis McDormand Francis in this McDormand's movie? Francis McDormand's in it, and, yeah. and Keanu's kind of chatting them both up. I get that. There's a lot. There's a lot of shots of just Jack. And I know I've, I'm I'm aware we're on a podcast, but just so you know, Corey, here it goes. There's a lot of of shots of Jack Nicholson's face like this. And then you just cut to a woman's ass. Yeah, for the this, record, Rachel just made the face that Jack Nicholson always makes and everything. So, And you just cut to a woman's ass. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's half the film. Directed by Nancy Myers. Now, yeah. We're, now we're in a grocery store. It's this face. Cut to a woman's ass. Now we're walking down the street. This face. And you cut to a woman's ass. And Nancy knows Somebody what the people want. Somebody give that want. film an Oscar. Nancy knows what the people want because that was a big hit. Oscar nominated. Oscar nominated. You got Jack and Diane. That was how they promoted it on the poster, Jack and Diane. Oh, well, man, you know what? The Coog just keeps on giving, doesn't he? Yeah, I guess something did indeed have to give. Reflections. Wind chimes. All right, I'm not going to do the thing everybody thinks I'm going to do. Okay, well, that's probably No, good. no, I'm actually going to do that thing, but I'm not going to do it in the way that you think I'm going to do it. Okay, so obviously, look, if you're listening to this podcast, and especially if you are local to the city of Birmingham, you Even may... Even if you're not, I've been hearing it from all over. Sure. You may have caught wind of some recent news about a competing multiplex cinema that intends to open uh, for business... 
about five blocks from where the sidewalk cinema is currently located. Now, this is um, news that, that we at Sidewalk have known for a little while. We've been talking about it. We've been tentatively planning for it. But the news is now public that uh, Birmingham is set to become a host to an Alamo Draft House. The Alamo Draft House, of course, a rapidly growing specialized cinema that's become very popular in larger markets based out of Austin, Texas, but popular in larger markets over the years. And they're expanding more and more, including and shuttering. to... They did just shutter one in Orlando. Well, and that's true. They shuttered one in San Francisco. So they're they're expanding and closing. Expanding and closing, but their latest expansion takes them to our market. And not only to our market, but to our immediate sphere of influence. Specifically five blocks from the sidewalk cinema. Not optimal. Yeah. In in yeah. um to to put it as as sort of bluntly as possible, it's it's not always great. Um and um it's it's a very rare market indeed where where two cinemas can peacefully cohabitate so close to one another. Not impossible, but rare. Yeah, I, I challenge you to give me an example of one single instance where this has happened and happened successfully and certainly currently would happen in the midst of a pandemic. It just isn't really something you can point to. And if you do, if you can find that example, it would generally be somewhere like New York City. Yeah, like I, I, I could probably get out a map of Manhattan and point out like Film Forum and IFC Center, but like... There are 10 million people who live above the sure. IF, you know. Yes, that is not that is not a a an a fair or accurate comparison yeah. to our market. Yeah. So that's that's what we're talking about a little bit here Corey. and that and that is um obviously what's on our mind a good bit lately and and um I'm not going to look, I'm going to stick to the script. I'm going to stick to the script. I I'm I, I can be a bit of a wild card. I'm aware of that. <laughs> just in every way. Just in every way. Um yeah, and somebody might call you gambit like the X X Men, the X Men character Gambit. That's wow. how much of a wild card you oh, are. Wow. Everybody, anybody, everybody. Nobody get that? gets We're that. Gonna, Gambit. No one. I got you. No one Thanks, cares Brad. about that reference. No, they um, do. They do. They just. But don't I, know I'm going to stick to the script, and and that script is the press release that we put out, and and everything in that is factual. It's, yes. It's it's not ideal. It wouldn't be ideal for anyone. And if you want to read that, that's on our website, sidewalkfest.com. You can also see yeah. that that statement's been picked up by local media. You may have seen it through, say, al.com or something like that. But get it straight from the source. Again, sidewalkfest.com. Yeah. And it acknowledges that this is not ideal for us, that we have con- major concerns, that we are a nonprofit cinema, that we've been working for many, many years to establish the the festival and then to establish a cinema. And that you know we're concerned, but we do hope that the, the entity that are putting this thing together and opening the cinema are going to work with us to, you know, help so that we can both survive. But with, yes. you know, with some with some of our interests at heart too, including, you know, the city that we live in. So, but I'm actually, so I'm sticking to the script. There's a lot of things I could say as I'm, as I know you are aware off mic, I have my own opinions on sure. this and, you know, some of which overlap and some don't. Um, with your opinion, but here, here's where I would like to approach this from. Mm-hmm. I'm curious how you're feeling because I know that, you know, an Alamo draft house, certainly for some, for someone like you would be met with in normal circumstances, the opening of such would be met with a lot of excitement. Yeah. Yeah. If, if it were, if it were opening as no more of a competitor than say an AMC theater over the mountain in the suburbs, right? If, if this were opening 
in Mountain Brook or somewhere not in our immediate area, I'd be throwing a fucking party. Yeah. Because I love the Alamo Draft House. I love new cinemas in general, right? I, I think that the Alamo, you know, again, they're not beyond reproach. There are lots of criticisms that can and have been issued against their sort of corporate mindset in general. I won't get into that here. But I think, by and large, the Alamo Draft House has been a net positive for film culture overall, nationwide. That said, it is deeply dismaying that the Alamo Draft House is positioning itself as a direct competitor to our organization. Yeah. Um, because that, that, I mean, needless to say, that puts a damper on the whole thing. Um, and it, it, I think it does for a lot of film lovers in. Birmingham, whether they are employed by Sidewalk or not. A lot of our friends who are um, cinema uh, regulars who certainly go to the festival every year, who know and love Sidewalk, uh, I've heard from are equally dismayed by this decision. They want to enjoy both, but it seems like it's being positioned in such a way um, that's going to force a choice or at least promote the appearance of having to force a choice that said, you know, as you know, because we've talked about it off mic, I may be a a titch more optimistic than a lot of our colleagues at sidewalk that there can be a way to coexist. Do I think that path of coexistence is narrow? I do think it's pretty narrow. And obviously we've got a lot of cards stacked against us, in cinema, uh, in running a cinema and in the whole business of theatrical exhibition altogether, which is being upended even as we speak right now after two years of this pandemic. Yeah. So let me illustrate that a little bit. Yeah. <clears throat> because that is that is a thing I'm hearing a lot from the community and from other folks is like, well, this could be good for you. And I, I just I'm not here to try to naysay or to or to be pessimistic, even though I understand that can sometimes be the direction I lean. But this is the thing. Those really great, cool niche films that we put on the marquee, those things that we love and we feel very proud of, those are bringing two or three people. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. That's just real. And sometimes it's bringing zero people. It doesn't mean we stop programming because I think we build that audience. I think we'll build that audience over time. Mm -hmm. I think it's important to do regardless. I think it's part of our mission and I'm proud. I I I sit in films all the time where there's one other person and I'm proud of what we're doing. Yeah. But it's not what keeps us alive. It is not what we could not exist only on that. What what does really well for us, for just being up front, and I mean this is not a secret. You can see it if you come to the cinema. What does really well for us are things like Macbeth mm-hmm. and Licorice Pizza mm-hmm. and the Lighthouse and Uncut Jumps. Big buzzy, semi independent, but not terribly independent films that are that have a lot of marketing muscle behind right. them. And like an A twenty four release, like a neon, neon release. release. And those films tend to do really well for us, especially when they don't go to VOD simultaneous. Yes. And so those films are are I hate this term, but that's our bread and butter kind of thing, right? And so that's what brings people in. And so those particular films are exactly, exactly the kind of films that they're going to play at the Alamo Draft House. And this is the kicker. When they play those at the Alamo Draft House, it is most likely that the distributors involved in distributing those films are going to drag us for two weeks behind the Alamo Draft House to give them an, the ability to lead 
the charge because that's, right. that's the way that this industry works. Is it fair? No, but is it fair that a, and is it fair that a movie theater is going to move five blocks from us with that particular advantage? Absolutely not. And those are the facts. Theatrical exhibition can be awfully territorial and. Film studios and distributors can look for the most – I mean, that's just what they do. They look for the most lucrative deal possible. So if they sign a big deal with Alamo Drafthouse as a corporation, that's obviously going to be a more lucrative deal than Sidewalk as a minor nonprofit cinema can possibly offer. That said – um you know, who knows where theatrical exhibition trends are even going I mean, to be in two years. I, I'm not going to disagree with you on that who at knows, all. Who knows where audiences are going to be in two years? Well, I know where they are right now. Well, well they're at home on their yes, couch. Yes, and they're definitely not at the AMC. You no. know, I mean, as I've mentioned, a lot of, I think a lot of folks, too, are, you know, we're, we're the two of us, we go to movies a lot, to, to the movies a lot more than the average person. Yes. And even a lot more than the average person that's in our industry or uh, truly. I mean, we do. And when I go to the AMC, I know you had a different experience with Spider-Man. But when I go to the AMC, I don't see people. Because people aren't seeing movies unless Spider-Man is prominently featured in them. Right. Uh, you know, it's kind of um, we've got the lowest uh, grossing crop of Best Picture nominees ever. And that that is, you know, admittedly with three streaming films nominated for Best Picture. But the other seven, um, Dune was a sizable hit, but the others kind of have theatrically underperformed. And a lot of that is owing, of course, to the fact that we're still in a pandemic. Omicron is just starting to wane and older audiences who sort of represent the bulk demographically of a lot of these films just don't feel safe returning to cinemas yet. In the next two years, knock on wood, perhaps they will. Well, we'll see. Or maybe maybe just entire, in time for the opening of the Alamo Draft. Or perhaps the entire theatrical exhibition industry, the bottom is just going to continue to fall out of it. I don't have the answers yet. Um, it is difficult enough to run our little two-screen nonprofit, though. I, I have to say that, that as... Um, as exciting as I tend to find uh, an Alamo Draft House and its programming, I certainly don't know that I envy that crew having to program nine a nine-screen multiplex with a full kitchen. And yeah. again, what what the world looks like in two years is very different. Right. But you know, it's almost impossible to staff right now. So sure. we'll see what happens. Let me ask you this though. Uh-huh. Um, because, you know, really, again, it's it's hard for me to say much more without sticking to the script. I'm just curious. Are you going to go? Yeah, I will. Yeah, I'll go check it out. I mean, I, I feel I feel bad about that to some degree, but I, I do go to the AMC I, and I see pretty much everything that screens theatrically in this city uh, if I can, if I have time less so lately because of the pandemic and because. I just don't have the time. Uh, but yeah, I, I can certainly see myself going to the Alamo draft house. I look, I want to be excited about this. I do. I, my, my enthusiastic cinema goer self is, is still kind of bubbly over the fact that, well, there's just gonna, it's just gonna be, there's gonna be more and more is yeah. always better. And then, you know, my, my more pragmatic, of course, um, logical self yeah. is like, yeah, but capitalism, buddy, you got to understand that that's going to directly endanger this organization that you work for. And, and of course I'm still split between the two. I'm still kind of, 
and again, potentially Pollyanna-ish over here, yeah. but still relatively hopeful and optimistic um, that that coexistence is possible. We're still in early days, though. And what this means is, um, you know, we we have as programmers and as an organization an opportunity to mitigate whatever harm there might be and continue to build our audience and continue to grow our our uh, audience loyalty. So if you are listening to this podcast, you, uh, dear listener, are in a good position to help us on this mission. Come to the movies. Come see a movie at Sidewalk. Buy a ticket, buy a, a, a VIP pass even to the upcoming Sidewalk Film Festival. Tell your friends about the Sidewalk Cinema and the Sidewalk Film Festival and this dinky podcast if they listen to podcasts. Continue to help us spread the word about what we do because I do think that what we do is unique, it's special. We've built you know, something really cool over the past several decades in downtown Birmingham, and that goes back to when downtown Birmingham, let's face it, was, relatively well, speaking, where it is now, a ghost town. Corey, we paved the road for this. Yeah. And that's what I don't think we're getting a lot of recognition for. I'm sorry, but Sidewalk, in its 22-plus years, paved the road for this. And, and it could crush us. And let me tell you something that Birmingham is a little guilty of. And this is something that a lot of cities are guilty of. It's really guilty of really crying into their hands and waving the flag yeah. of something once it's gone. Yeah. But yeah, and, show up and, and so support it while it's there. I want to be realistic about the road ahead. And if you can't have something that you don't support, this isn't to push people to do anything. And nor is it, nor is it to make people – I don't think anybody – I think there's some bubbling up of people feeling kind of guilty for being excited. And I don't, I don't want that either. I understand that excitement. If you love movies, why wouldn't you be excited when more movies come to town? Yeah. But we also, with this, on the other hand, have to be realistic about what this means for the other things that you love. Yeah. So it's just – it's a lot to take in. It's a lot to think about. Some of the other bubbling up is just some folks that – quite frankly, are mad because we didn't accept their film. Um, well, yeah, but, you know, and, that happens every year. That is, and, and Sidewalk is a competition, and it's not easy to reject films, y'all. We'll talk about that on another Reflections. But it shouldn't – the festival is separate from the cinema, and the opportunities that we provide at the cinema are different than the festival. Um, they're all under the same umbrella, but the experience is different. I feel like anybody super mad that we rejected their film though is probably not listening to no, this podcast. Well, or they might be just listening, waiting to, you know, pounce on something, but it's well, okay. Again, uh, it's an open door and it's an open conversation. And so if anybody wants to email me at Rachel at sidewalkfest.com or email Corey, if you feel safer with Corey, Corey at sidewalkfest.com, <laughs> feel free to do that. Cause we'd love to hear your thoughts and we'd love to, to, you know, Get your take on it. Yeah. Again, if you feel safer coming to me instead of that wild card gambit over here, I'm, I'm going to make this hey, X-Men was, joke I've, happen. I'm on my best Hey-o. behavior. That's right, Brad. That's right. Oh, my right. God. I'm on my best behavior, too. I'm being very good. Um, we will we'll reflect. I'm sure that there's more <laughs> oh, reflection Oh, you think this will come. come up once or twice more? <laughs> no, I'm, at, I'm actually about to put it to bed because the, here's the truth. Uh-huh. The the work that has to be done on a day to day, I just don't have time for the shit. Yeah, I don't have time for the wringing of hands and the crying and the up being upset and the being worried. It's just because guess what? We got to put movies on a screen. I and we think move that forward. is the healthiest and best idea. We had our time to process. We had our time to like kind of 
you know, deal with it. Well, we've dealt with it. Now the work has, has to, to continue. Be done. We and have so, to bring movies to our audience. We have to continue to build our audience and hopefully play things that they want to see. Of course, there are a lot of great movies out there, a lot of fun times that Sidewalk provides. So, you know, we just have to keep doing what we're doing. And, you know, people will find the good work that we do. I'm confident of it. Again, maybe I'm naive, but, you know, that's just who I am. Yeah, well, when something else comes up, we'll reflect. But in the meantime, <laughs> we'll be here doing the work. That's right. Uh, come see a movie at the cinema, though. Seriously, please. Uh, good stuff there. Okay, that's Reflections, Wind Chimes. Nah. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of Side Talks. We're your own personal cinematic sidewalk in Alamo. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, thank you to Boutwell Studios. Uh, thank you to our sponsor, Revelator Coffee, providing delicious caffeinated sustenance to me and anybody else who comes to downtown Birmingham. Um, desperately needed. Uh, love their coffee. Love Revelator. So generous as sponsors of this podcast. Thank you so much. Cheers. Um, Sidewalkfest.com. Yeah, that's it. There's movies. We play movies. We play films. On they just heard media. the reflections. We got movies. We got movies. Come see the movies. Sidewalkfest.com. Find the littlest movie you can possibly find and come see it with well, us. Well, one example of that could be our Oscar shorts uh, coming up. Yeah. So, Actually, people really love those. I know. They really, yeah. really do. Um, some I, I have not seen any of the nominated shorts this year, but the whole Dern program coming to the Sidewalk Cinema, you're going to want to get a ticket. Or just come down and that. have a drink. We have a bar. We have a bar. They've got drinks, y'all. Anyway. Um, that's all we've got for this episode of Sign Talks, and thank you again for listening. See you later. Batwell Studios Podcast Division. Your words, our expertise.